Hello, everyone. This is Taco from TDS Taco, I should say, from the Daily Sporting. I got Ricky on here, and we're going to be talking about fantasy football running backs, one point PPR. And um, the number one thing I think everyone knows in PPR, you want to get a pass catching running back. So I got a question for you, Ricky. Last season, there was only two players who had over 100 targets last year. Can you name the two players? Now, right this is just, a, just, just two, two just running backs. Yep. Just um, targets. 100 targets. Yes. Only two of them made over 100 targets. Only two of them were over 80 targets. So, was it uh, one of them, Kamara? Yes, absolutely. And then the second one, I would say. No? Eckler? Oh, no, no, no. Kamara was number one. I'm right. just thinking. Oh, just I, here. I was thinking Eckler. Eckler. No, well, because of the injury. Oh, um, he right. did not reach that 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 plateau, although that was a good guess. It actually was J.D. McKissick from the really? uh, Washington football team. Absolutely. It's oh. uh, actually kind of crazy how valuable he was considering he was, you know, a backup piece. Right. He was an afterthought. He wasn't even no. much of a player. But when we look at scoring here. You know, he had 110 targets, 80 catches for 589 yards. And Kamara was the typical beast that he is, 107 targets for 83 right. catches and 756 yards, five touchdowns. Now, scoring-wise, obviously, there was a huge difference between the two of them. You know, McKissick scored 191, whereas Kamara scored 377 in standard one-point PPR. But, I mean, Kamara did have 15 more rushing touchdowns and 600 more um, rushing yards. That's almost like a player in itself. And, so and, then when and you, like you said, McKissick was an afterthought, even though right. I remember having Gibbs, Gibson in, in the league that you have. I had Gibson and McKissick. Absolutely. Um, but McKissick definitely came through uh, certain weeks, especially when we get, uh, Gibson came went down. Uh, so you did see the difference there, but yeah, you're right. That that's that's a lot of targets. How how about this? Let's compare JD McKissick and Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott was the lead running back for the Dallas Cowboys, and even though the Dallas Cowboys did lose Dak Prescott, he was still there in order to you know carry the load or do whatever right. he wanted to do. Because one thing we can say about the Washington Football Team is they really didn't have a quality quarterback for most of that right. season at any point in time. And when you look at the point differential here, Ezekiel Elliott scored 223 points. You know, he was, you know, a top five running back taken that season. And this is one point PPR here. He still had 52 catches, you know, for 338 right. yards. He rushed for six touchdowns. He had 979 yards. But realistically, he only outscored um, J.D. McKissick. We're looking at, what, thir 32 points? Yep. You know, it, it's a very close margin for J.D. McKissick being an afterthought and Ezekiel Elliott being a full-time, prime-time running back. Right. And the I reason mean, he why... Did, he did the bad... For, I mean, I can remember long periods of time where Ezekiel did nothing. I mean, sure, it, it, was to the point, it was to the point where you don't know if um, you take him out or what. Exactly. But you know what? J.D. McKissick was the backup. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, that's why I think it's a fair comparison. But I also think that this goes to show the value in one-point PPR leagues of having good pass-catching running backs right they are so valuable they're such a cheat code these this is the new meta if you're right. playing ppr one point ppr 
getting an elite pass catching running back is the meta. Now, let's look at the fan point breakdown so we can actually get a breakdown of who did what. Okay, Alvin Kamara finished as the number one running back. And if we see here, he had 83 catches, five touchdowns uh, receiving, but he also ran for 932 yards and 16 touchdowns. In the number two spot, it was Dalvin Cook. And Dalvin Cook was the opposite of kind of what we said. Well, he's kind of like a hybrid because he still had 44 catches. So right. it's a decent amount, 361 yards. But he rushed for 1,500 yards and 16 touchdowns, which right. is, you know, absolutely beastly. I, I do think Derrick Henry is the exception for the rule. I mean, he had 333 points. As you can see, he had barely uh, – well, how many catches did he have? 19. He only had 19. 31 targets. Right. So what I'm saying to you is that's why I, you know, if you look at our ranking, I have uh, Derrick Henry as number two behind McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if if you look at um, yard wise, he had, you know, 500 more yards than Dalvin Cook. Yep. And the third highest rushing total was Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he that's almost like, you know, 900-yard difference, you know, right. not not quite, but almost 900 yards. Between him and fourth place, that definitely is 900 yards. Yeah. So when you think about how valuable his rushing yards are, that's what really holds up Henry, and it's the only reason why he can be the exception to the rule is because of that sheer, sheer volume that he gets um, as far as, you know, rush yards. And, those and I huge think this that. year, because of the weapons that they, you mm -hmm. know, who are getting Julio Jones now, most teams from, you know, watching it, they, they stacked, right? Derrick Henry was the one to stop, stack the line, stack up. They're not going to be able to do this now. They got now two viable threats that they're really going to have to, you know, they're not going to be able to just say, hey, let's stop Derrick Henry and let Tannehill, you know, whatever. But they're not going to be able to do that. They can't stack the, the line anymore. I mean, I do think that um, stacking the line has been an issue that Henry has faced throughout his career, but he's handled it like a champ. Right. I do worry a little bit to see how it play, does play out with having that primetime guy like Julio Jones. But on the other end of that, John New Smith and Corey Davis, who were two um, pretty decent target shares in that offense, are both going to be gone. So that does open up a world of opportunity for you know Julio Jones to be Julio Jones, and you right. still – can keep Derrick Henry at his normal levels just because Julio Jones is replacing the targets of those two other guys, and then everyone else just kind of fills in where you know they would normally. Yeah, but Julio Jones, like they're you're, they weren't worried about the other two, like they're worried about not Julio Jones. No, what I, I'm saying is targets. So no, it's not targets, it's not right. like Julio Jones is coming in here and taking. It's not like there's like two wide receivers that are already here. Now you're adding him in, right? And then you have Henry, and it's like, what's going to happen? Like, if you still had Johnu and Corey Davis, and then you add in Julio Jones, I'm looking at it like, okay, maybe Henry's volume is going to go down a little bit because if he goes down a couple hundred yards, you're looking at a big difference in his points. But yeah, but he can even catch more. Maybe I I just think that offense. Yeah, but I just I think like offense it. always works in the NFL. Two prime receivers like that, and they, you know, prime, I mean, number one right. running back. That offense usually does work in the NFL. Right. I don't, and, and also just the top, you know, especially this fantasy year, we're getting an extra game. So you're talking about him having 2,000 something here, but he's getting an extra game now where, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe they sit him on You never know, but I'm just saying he is getting an extra game where he's going to play in the season. You know, that things could, you know, significantly yardage wide rushing, it could go up. 
Yeah, but I mean, if we look at it a per game basis, I really don't expect anything, you know, too different from that. He's he's a consistent rusher who's going to put up his numbers. Um, the question is always going to be, can he maintain his you know insane volume? Because if he does, then he keeps his value. If he, if there's a dip in his volume, then there's a dip in his value, and that's just you know right. how it is. But one name that we haven't seen scoring anywhere from last year is the number one guy ranked in our rankings. And that is Christian McCaffrey right. CMC. And the reason why Christian McCaffrey isn't anywhere to be seen, that's because he had a horrible season last year. He dealt with all sorts of injuries. Yeah. And um, this year he's expected to come back um, from what we're hearing. There's not going to be much um, hold back on him. There's not going to be any restrictions on him. Right. He should be full good to go. Uh, last season, if we look at it, he had 59 uh, rushing attempts for 225 yards and five touchdowns. Like, did you see how many people didn't have that many touchdowns? He already had 17 catches for 149 yards. If we look at him in 2019, he had the historic season where he put up 471 points, which was 100 points more than Alvin Kamara put up last season. Last season. Okay. He had 116 catches. So he is an elite receiver with like if you just had a player who had 116 catches, and a thousand, yards. A thousand yards and four touchdowns yeah. you're like yo that that's not a bad season no, that's <laughs> but not. then you add 1300 rushing yards and 15 touchdowns and you're like uh, like he's the best of both worlds like this no, guy I, I think it's a no-brainer i don't i i mean barring any injury again if he's healthy um i, I expect the same trajectory what was going on the beginning of, of last season before he got hurt to continue I, I don't see how it will change yep and, and especially when, when when you think about what that team is how they operate they didn't do anything to shake the mold or right to take away from him being the primary number one yeah. so, i mean you have questions about darnold but yeah but you know what they've always been questions about the running back behind uh cmc and that actually makes me feel good yeah, <laughs> like if it was like you're telling me Aaron Rodgers is there, I'd be like, "Well, what does that mean for CMC? Is this right. going to be a little?" But that the Sam Darnold, I'm like, "Yes, please." Yeah. Dump offs and and rushing and rushing up yeah, the depth high of the usage, all red the zone. Time. Red zone's going to be all McCaffrey, right? Because um, we know we don't trust Sam Darnold in the red zone. Like, right. If you give him open field, a little more trust. Red zone, aye, those are tight windows. Right. Um. Then it's the big three, Kamara, Cook, and Henry. Right. I think these three guys have really set themselves up as being that next tier. Um, and um, there's one player here that, that's not showing up that we both have ranked as well, and that I believe that's in this tier, and that's Saquon Barkley. Right. Um, Ricky has Barkley ranked right above Kamara, and so do I. Um, and this is not a knock on Kamara, who was, no. you know, last season – the highest point per game scorer. I think the problem with Kamara right now comes down to the question marks surrounding yes. um, his situation, right? My, my, my thing is with, you know, you know first he loses Breeze, so you lose a Hall of Fame quarterback. Mm -hmm. um, now, is Winston, you know, Winston's not someone that is going to throw the running back. He's just not. Um, and then you have Hill. How, how, what's his usage? If Winston starts, Hill's going to come in and vulture – TDs. So it's a big to me. It's a big mess in, in, in New Orleans. Yes. As much as I, I, you know, I believe in Kamara. I had him last year. He was amazing. But 
all these situations, especially losing breeze, you you, you can't, look at that. I can't emphasize 16, that anymore. 16 touchdowns, 932 yards. Yeah. That that's an easy like he could dip by five touchdowns easy. Yeah. You could see we're just not sure because this situation is so so fluid right now. So right. this is something that we have to come back and watch. Um, but I think that's why you see Kamara here and Saquon Barkley. The, the the reason why I believe that at least I have him ranked here, and probably why you have him ranked here, is just there's question marks. One, this is, he's coming back from the injury. Right. Like now with this offense adding these extra weapons in, it's a question of how they how are they going to use all these weapons. Then also you hear the coach speak where they want to have him eased into this season and they don't want to uh, to basically get him hurt right. so i do believe that you might see us using book or you know the giants using booker a right. little bit more than you kind of want as a fantasy roster and that's the only reason why he's not number two at least in my book yeah i, I mean there's more to, upside to me, than everyone here to me the thing is the biggest thing is the injury it was a serious injury um you know he i don't even think he's practicing now yet um uh, he's already working out and, and doing. No, no, but I don't think he's attending practice. He, he, like he's he's doing his therapy or whatever routine to get better. Right. But I get it's a slow. What I'm saying is it's a, it's an injury that they're gonna take slowly. Right. I don't see them rushing in, then, especially right. in the beginning of the season, two, three right. weeks before, maybe even four before you start really giving him right. the rock as you normally would expect, right? So that's you know one, two, three weeks that you could lose there, where he's not getting the volume. Just and not because he's bad. It's just hey, we're gonna ease him in here. Um, I think if, if you take a look, like the last, he's been hurt the last two seasons. He's played 15 games, I think. So I mean, you well, know. I mean, come on now, let 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 let's. Last season, he only played. He got hurt in the second game of the season. Right. So last season was a, a wash. The season before that, he played what 15 of of 17 games. He only maybe like 14 of 17 games. He had the high high ankle sprain. He came back early. Yeah, I, I think a high ankle sprain for a young running back like that, that tends to happen. That's not an injury that I consider being injury prone. The ACL is a bit serious, but from everything that we've heard from the doctors and how we see a guy like Kevin Garden, uh, Kevin Durant come back in the sport that's a lot more physical, I don't really question. No, my, my thing is, that. I think you're, you're no, my, my thing is, first of all, it is a big deal. He's a he's a violent runner. He sharp cuts. He's sharp cuts. He makes some sharp cuts. Yeah, very sharp cut. And that's that that ACL is that's where it affects you, because Steve he drops on a dime and he he's gone the other way. That but he's is also he's also a very powerful runner where he could run through guys and he's. But again, that's to what I'm saying. That. He's a violent runner all around. He I mean he, his legs are his yeah. most running, but but his more than anything are the source of power. Everything like that's where all all the strength well, that's comes more from. from his thighs. Yeah. But overall, but that that's what I'm saying. Too. It's not it's a serious injury for him because of the type of runner that I've seen him be. That's why. Uh so that's what I'm a little worried. I have to make sure for me, and it's still a, a fourth round is a steal to me for Barkley. Yeah. He could be easily honestly, the first or second best running back. If if he's fully healthy, he's the only one that can compete with Christian McCaffrey as being the number one running back in the That's season. what I'm saying. If you get him in the fourth or fifth pick. You very possibly got the number one player in the right, in right. absolutely. And Cook and Henry are really here because of what they've done over the last couple yes. of seasons as being consistent producers who offer you that big play, who can carry your team. Kamara's here because of the question marks that we're right. seeing with, with his situation, and Barkley's here because of the injury. Right. I don't think you can change the these first five. No, I don't these think, I, five I, I think are, if you're are the first that, five, you're gonna get one of those. McCaffrey's in a tier of his own. The right. next four are in, are in their tier 
in a toss-up depending on your risk tolerance and what you're looking for. Right. After that, I think we come into uh, another tier where we have three players that we ranked in, into very similar categories. Uh, Austin Eckler, Jonathan Taylor, and Ezekiel Elliott. Um, Jonathan Taylor, we both have ranked as the number seven running back. Yeah. I think that we can both speak to his upside as being tremendous. He's a young player last season. We were talking about how we were, you know, the, the stock on him was rising. The, wow. Is it justifiable? But then Marlon Mack went out and he performed, you know, very well. Yeah. And I think that with that offense and how everything is set up, you know, I mean, he was last year when we look at just the scoring wise, he was, you know, number six. Yeah, and that was his rookie season. He had that's what I'm saying. I'm with you on that. That because I, I drafted him actually. He like so as soon as more Mac went down, it was it. He took over. I mean, he had yep. his moments where you know he had some bad games, yep. but overall for a rookie, he did amazing. He was very yep. more consistent and not consistent. He was he was more. He, you knew what you were going to get from him. definitely double digit points. You knew you were going to get something from him. He usually didn't throw a dud. He yep. did it once in a while. And, and I think one of the big things with Jonathan Taylor that um, really makes you feel good is last year was his rookie season. He didn't yeah. seem to really face any adversity that he couldn't overcome, which makes me believe that going into this season, he could be so much better. Because last season, let's face it, between COVID and, and, and all the other situations that were going on throughout the season, I think that just, you know, that year of experience can help him elevate his game without anything being added. And also, not just to say, but Hines came into the season and he played well. Um, you know, so it wasn't like he didn't have competition either. Hines played well when he was used. Um, I think even at one point when Jonathan Taylor had, I think, maybe one or two games where he didn't do well, Hines took over the next. So at some point, I know I got scared. I was nervous. I was like, oh, my God, am I, is he going to lose a starting job? But a lot of people said Frank Wright kind of just talked to him and said, hey. It was, I think, one game when he told him, hey, Hines started. But he's like, hey. We need you. This mm -hmm. is just hey, it's a wake-up call. We we need you to be here all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think right after that, he kind of really took over and, and was a running back. But, again, he had some adversity. He had some competition, and he yep. still went through that. I was impressed by him a lot as well. Yep. And and um, like we see here with Hines, you know, he had 482 receiving yards and 63 receptions last year. So he definitely right. got work, and he was the third most, um, I don't want to say targeted. Yeah, he right. was the third most targeted uh, running back in the NFL last season. So he definitely carved out a role. And if you're a Jonathan Taylor uh, roster, you're hoping that they start to use Taylor a little bit, how they use Hines, yeah. and get him get some of those extra catches. So that definitely just shows the opportunity that Taylor has that, that that's so why so many people are into him. Um, on top of that, uh, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, he's someone that, you know, again, last season, he didn't have um, Dak Prescott for the second half of the season. He showed glimpses of, like uh, Ricky was saying, you don't know if you should start him or not. Yeah. Um, it, it became a scary situation. Um, but we're hoping with Dak Prescott coming back, it does give him the opportunity and gives him some more running lanes. He comes back healthy and re revitalized. I say that he's, you know, again, you can go up or down this court. I prefer Eckler over Elliott, and I prefer Taylor over Elliott because of you know, them, him being the young kid. But Elliott is in a high-powered offense. Uh, so you should expect a lot from these Cowboys. Eckler, uh, one of the big things about Eckler that you know we want to talk about because he was hurt most of the season last year, um, is he's a really great pass catcher. So everything that we talked about McCaffrey and we talked about right. Kamara and J.D. McKissick and how valuable these pass catchers are, that's the same thing with Austin Eckler. 
And if we could just bring up Eckler's numbers really quick for you guys, um, just so like we can give you some reference. Uh, in 2020, he had uh, 65 targets for five, 54 catches. But in the season before that, in 2019, you see he put up 309 points. He had 108 targets uh, for 92 receptions and 993 yards. I do, and that was with Melvin Gordon still being on the team that season. So I do fully expect that he's going to have an opportunity this year to be a big-time player. And in one-point PPR leagues, I absolutely love him. Um, I think he's a steal. I think he fits right into this this little category, this little pocket that we have here. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, we have our next little pocket, and that's Aaron Jones, Chubb, and Mixon. Uh, these are three guys that we kind of have all ranked within similar places, and the reason why is because – They've all shown the ability to break big plays, score big points, and help fantasy help fantasy players win championships. Uh, me and Ricky both have had Aaron Jones on on championship yeah. winning teams, so we both know how good they could be. Um, but Ricky, w- which one of these guys interests you the most going into the season between these three guys? So uh, it's, it's Aaron Jones, and you know, and even maybe I'm even underrating him, or we are even at this low. I mean, if you look at Aaron Jones, he. You know, the, the thing we have questions because is Aaron Rodgers going to be there, right? But um, pull up his stats from last year. Yep. What was his catching? Last season, he had 47 receptions for 30, 355 yards. He had uh, 1,100 uh, yards rushing with nine touchdowns. And Jamal uh, Williams is gone from the backfield yes. over there in Green Bay. So, I, again, depending on Aaron Rodgers, really, if, he, if Aaron Rodgers comes back, I think that number for receptions and yards could go up. Yep. Um. I think he's he's highly underrated as a yep. running back who could catch. He's a yep. great catcher. Uh, Aaron Rodgers loves him coming out the backfield and, and and having him there. So I think that's the biggest thing. Yep. The biggest question is Aaron Rodgers going to be there? That's yep. my interest because if Aaron, if Aaron Rodgers is there, Aaron Jones will get probably will get more receptions, more yardage. I think he's someone that we are underrated. Even me, even at the way you have him, I have him. He could be a top six five running back. Yep, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I, uh, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Jones. If we look at where where the rankings are, are with what we have, right? I do have him ranked above this tier, right underneath Elliot. Right. And the only reason why I do have him there is just because I I'm so hesitant about Aaron Jones. I mean Aaron Rodgers. Right. It's such a scary situation. I, in my heart of hearts, I don't think that he's going to stay there. And if Aaron Rodgers gets traded. I don't really think I can move Aaron Jones from the spot. Like this, I, this is as low as Aaron Jones gets for me. Like, yeah. Aaron, like Aaron, I think with any quarterback they put. I mean, with yeah. their backup. I mean, we're grading him at his floor. Yeah, I, I that yeah that we're grading him at his floor, but he has potential to yeah. go five. The ceiling is higher. Yeah, like his ceiling would put. I would put him in that in that range of Eckler, Taylor, Kamara. Yeah. Uh, if you're telling me Aaron Rodgers is back for a full season and they're giving it a go. Right. I mean, I, I know I have Chubb higher than you do a couple of sp- uh, spots. Yep. I just think he's the main guy, even with Hunt there. I know Hunt did really well. Um, if you saw the first half, the problem is as soon as Hunt came back, you saw the dips in numbers with Chubb. So I do then, yep. you know, that should be kind of worrisome. But I, I do believe more he's more of what the first half was than what the second half was. Yep. And even in the second half, Hunt did not get the the volume that that Chubb and me. Yep. They they trusted him in the crucial situations in the red zone. 
But Hunt did cut into that once he came back. I mean, I'll, I'll give you that, but I do. That's why I kind of have Chubb above Aaron Jones, just because I believe he's carved himself out to be like the main number one guy and Hunt being just right behind him. And for everything you said, that's the reason why I do have him lower than the, all the other guys. Right. Uh, Joe Mixon is someone who uh, he can be a little hit or miss with that Bengals offensive line, but when he does hit, he hits big. I think that he's set up uh, with no uh, Giovanni uh, Bernard being there this season. He's going to have more of an opportunity to be in the pass-catching role. I think he showed off some good abilities in making plays, and right. I, I'm, I'm very bullish on a Joe Mixon. Um, but I do have to see him stay healthy and perform for a whole season. That's the only reason why he's not higher. Um, because Joe Mixon last season, as we saw, he had 21 uh, receptions for 138 yards, one touchdown. He had 428 uh, yards and three touchdowns rushing. The season before that, he had started to show glimpses but didn't fully deliver. They had a lot of Giovanni Bernard over there at that time. He was really factored in there and really lowered his passing upside. So when you look at just his numbers, they look okay. They're not great. They're nothing special. No. But when you look at his talent and when you look at the potential is for it, I'm definitely a lot higher on on Mixon than I am a Chubb. Gotcha. Um, but again, it's very much like what Ricky said as well. Like if Hunt goes down, you know, Chubb immediately vaults himself up to where right. where you know you're talking about him as in the top ten. But if not, and you have Hunt and you have OBJ, it, it's kind of scary. So, you know, this is just depending on your risk tolerance, which right. situation you like better, which coaching staff you, you think is going to be better. That comes down to what your research is and what you are feeling personally, because that that's a risk tolerance thing. There's going to be uh, warts uh, on that one, but you got to yeah. see which one you can live with best. Now, the, ne the next group, um, I, I think it, it, it works out again, where we have a, a, a little... Uh, a little tier here. So this is going to be Akers, Gibson, Harris, and Swift. That's kind of like our next tier. Right. It's going to do with a lot of running backs. So we're talking about first-year running backs or second-year running backs right. in this little tier. Um, Antonio Gibson, I, I totally agree with you on him being an absolute stud. And I'll let you talk a little bit about him because I know you had him last season. Oh uh, Yeah, no, I, I think he showed what you could do. And, again, this is with you having McKissick, right? Um he became the, the, the number one running back. Um, again, I, I think he showed last year what he could do. Um, Point-wise, what did he um, put up? I'm pulling it up for you right now. Um, and one good thing or one big thing that we can note here about Antonio Gibson is that he's a month. He, like last season, he had 36 catches for 247 yards. We saw that, you know, Naheem Hunt, not Naheem Himes, but uh, J.D. McKissick was yeah. getting all the catches and taking so much work there. You know, scoring wise, they were close. They were within eleven points with with each other. But the reason why we have Gibson ranked so much higher is that one, he showed a ton of upside when he played. When he's, he played. he's going to be involved a lot more in the passing game. They already said it. They want to get him more involved in that aspect of it. So I think that offers him tremendous upside. And I also think, and I, I don't want to underestimate. It's a new coach, Rivera. Um, no, Rivera was there last year. Oh yeah, he was there last year. No, no, you're right. But what it's I'm the saying quarterback. is, he, right? Yes. The but what I think also Rivera is going to do more. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to. He's you as you see, Rivera's not afraid to give volume to his running backs. He did it with CMC, right? He let him touch all the time. I think there's even maybe because he was a rookie last year, but I think there's even more attempt to have volume for Gibson. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely agree with you, and I think that also you may just see JD McKissick's numbers go down. 
as a result of Gibson getting that volume because yes. there is some like I do expect Logan Thomas to be interesting this season. Um, we they did draft a wide receiver. They did go out and sign. Um, I believe they signed Adam Humphreys, and then you're looking at they also signed Curtis Samuel. So now there's a bunch more uh, weapons for them to be using yeah. on the outside. So that could affect some of the passing numbers that we see here, and maybe um, you don't see JD McKissick perform as well as he did last year. And there's going to be somebody else that plays to that level, right? Um, but another running back that we had ranked over there was DeAndre Swift. Right. Now DeAndre Swift, I, I don't think he was. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination, someone that people really enjoyed in the first half of the season, but no. in the second half of the season, he really took off and and started to really show that potential with some big games and just with some good scoring. So I, I definitely like Swift this season. They haven't signed any kind of backups or or, or anyone like that that's going to really take away from right. from his opportunities this year because I know they were talking to guys like Todd Gurley and, and some other guys. And right. you know, if you're a DeAndre Swift truther, you don't want to see some of these guys there because you want him to get the opportunity to get the bulk carries and the bulk touches. I, I think you're right. I what I noticed is that they just haven't signed anyone significantly to say, oh, this is gonna be a you know a, a duo or um this is gonna cut into his volume. No, I it, I think you saw what he did towards last year. I think the beginning of, of the it was rookie he he wasn't getting the ball. They were playing horribly. Um, he got hurt, I think, right? Yeah, um, and I, w- I worry about his durability a little bit. Yeah. That is something that does scare me with him. But his upside, if he is the only back there and they do throw to him, puts him, like, I would say, like, right here, right here. So his upside for Swift, if yeah. everything continues to break this way where there is nobody else that comes in there, he's going to be the primary back. He's going to be used in pass catching situations. He's going to get goal line work. That's going to have to move his value up because he's going to have a lot less people to contend with than some right. of the other guys. And I think that, and he'll have a lot more certainty in that offense. Now, the only problem is they might be behind so much that, he, you know, but then he might get the pass catches. So it's all yeah. relative. It'll be interesting to see. One rookie that I, I'm very high on, and I, I try to hold him back. But more and more people that I talk to just, you know, can't stop gushing about Najee Harris. Najee Harris, um, Najee Harris is going to be going to the Steelers. It's like a match made in heaven. He's right. a tough runner. He can actually catch the ball. He's not the most explosive, but he he's able to get you those singles and doubles that you want and that you need as a running I, back. I think he's going to be a cowbell. Just, just yeah. how you know, Tomlin loves using his runners like that. that yeah. He's the next cowbell. There's no Connor there. Um, I'll be honest though, if he really is like a cow, like I we again have to see how he looks in the preseason. Yeah. If he is a real cowbell, he has to come up here. You have to you have to start thinking about him. And the only reason I say he's right. gonna be a cowbell, I mean, dep- the thing a is, we have to see down, how he's gonna back. Yeah, because he could be a cowbell. Connor's a cowbell. Does he was getting volume, but he was getting nothing done, right? Um, again, he used Tomlin used Connor as a cowbell, Le'Veon Bell as a cowbell. Yep. I expect the same thing that's gonna happen here. Um, as we, the only problem is that you could see what happened last year. They had no offense, um, mm-hmm. so you know that you know you have questions about that. How good is Pittsburgh really going to be? Well, Some people I mean, don't have to make the playoffs. Through the beginning of the season was really good. I think the biggest issue was that they didn't have a running game towards the end of the stretch, yes. which then made Ben have to play some catch up because he had to make all these throws and he made some bad throws. But wide receiver wise, they're stacked. You have Deontay Johnson, you have Clay yeah. Claypool, you have Juju Smith Schuster. Now you're adding in a Najee Harris. You got Big Ben there. I'm expecting a lot from from the Steelers offense. Much improved uh, this year. I fully expect them to be. Um, then our, our next little tier here that we have, we have. 
Chris Carson, Sanders, and CEH. I think Sanders is just really a situation where we want to see him stay healthy. We want to see him put up yeah. in numbers. He has a ton of upside. He can get some catches. But the biggest question with him is health. Um, same thing with Carson. Carson is a consistent player, but he does have his injuries. So he, every week you're sometimes wondering, is he going to be out? Is he going to yeah. play? Um, and then he's not much of a pass catcher, so he gets a lot of his work done strictly through through the running game running on the game. ground. So I mean, they did sign them to a two-year right contract, right? Um, so I mean, they that shows a little something like, hey, th- we believe in this guy. This is our guy, right? Um, right. But also, I think that they, with the way the NFL is set up, you know, two-year contract for a running back like this, he could be he could be a backup by by the middle of the cut next season. That is uh, true. But one thing that we can note points-wise, if we look at it, he scored less than JD McKissick, and I like using JD McKissick. As as a buoy because it shows you how valuable pass catching is right. in EPR settings for running backs. That's why I say this is the meta. You want to find guys like this that are going to be the pass catching option on a team. He doesn't have to necessarily be the number one option on a team, but no. we've seen the Haheem Himes, we see JD McKissick, you know, we, we've seen a bunch of guys like that that are on this list in the top 25 running backs for the whole season. Just because they're able to get these consistent catches, and in order to win a league, you have to have consistent points coming into your team. So that's definitely. We also say one one catch is one point, six catches is is a touchdown. Yep. I mean, just like that, you could get ten points easily. Six six catches for sixty yards is just like you got two touchdowns. That's twelve points. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? And we're not counting any little running that yards that they get. Like yep, yep, yep. So that that's why it's such a big thing. Ceh, he's another one of these guys where if he does what he's supposed to do in his post hype season, um, he could be an absolute steal. Uh, we know that right now he is pretty much set up to be the number one running back on the Kansas City Chiefs. We know the Kansas City Chiefs is going to be a dynamic offense. We know the Kansas City Chiefs added multiple offensive linemen in the offseason to build up uh, probably one of the best offensive lines in the game. Well, um, that, that's that's kind of where I, I have to see because I agree with you with CHE. He could go higher, right? Mm-hmm. He could be, but my only thing is, how is that line going to be, right? But it, it looks like it's going to be. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not really worried about. But, I'm but, but worried. my my thing is this: it's not so much that the line they can have a perfect line. That doesn't mean they're going to run the ball, right? And, and, right? and so if they have the same that. offense scheme like they did last year, CHE is going to be in the same type of situation. See, the reason why I think that was set up, though, is because he wasn't delivering. Because no, right. you, know you, you might be right, but still. You know the, it, the Chiefs do like to do. run. The Chiefs are in a team like, the, like yes, they throw the ball. Yes, they're a big play offense. But Andy Reid does like to run. We've seen him with West, uh, Brian Westbrook. We've seen him with, with you know, Thomas Davis. Like they, they, not, I don't know if he had Thomas Davis, but he's consistently had running backs that he's produced. Like even Damian Williams, when we were looking in that Super Bowl, he was a big player for that team from even just catching passes out of the running back to the running back to making big plays. With the running back because it helps Mahomes out so much. And I, I think you're right to a certain point. I think you're right to a certain point. Andy has, but I don't think Andy's had something like this before, where it's going to be pass option first. They're going. He's going to be I just, I, like even if it is pass option first. If Cl- Clyde can establish himself in the passing game. Then there's then he has to be going higher because the biggest question, the only reason why why Ceh is not higher on my list is I don't trust him in goal line yet. And I need to see what happens in, in, in preseason. I need to see how it looks. But if he's getting goal line, I'm moving CEH up from here 
And CH is now coming like right in here. I, I really need to see more. Line, he's the more is this offense. How? What is it going to run? Because I said, if it's anything similar like last year, he's going to be in the same situation. Uh, to me, it's it's he didn't get those short line situations, short, short short yardage situations. He didn't do great in the goal line. He didn't make some of those big plays. He was a rookie. It was it was a learning curve. He has the upside and the potential. He has everyone a high ceiling. Season, he has a high everyone ceiling. last season had him like right around here because a bell cow, uh, or a bell cow type for the Kansas City Chiefs is is. Is, is is drool worthy? Because I, he, could be, he, he has he a higher he has a high ceiling that he could go up. It's mm-hmm. a, it, again, he could be a great steal, but I'm, I, yeah. I'm more interested in how that offense is going to be. Running. I mean, you could easily see him going above C, uh, above Elliott only, only if in the preseason we start to see him make those plays that he made in college. Because in college, he was one of the best running backs. So we do have to see how that translates. Right after a, a full offseason, being able to implement and plan everything out. Now, here things get interesting. We have, I would say, our next real tier, but it's not even because we kind of go a little bit all, off off the tracks. I have Dobbins, Gaskins, um, you know, uh, Mike Davis, Josh Jacobs, Montgomery, and Edmonds. Whereas you have Mike Edmonds, uh, Mike Davis, Kareem Hunt, Gaskins, Jacobs, Dobbins. Yeah. Montgomery. I think one guy that we have differences here is Montgomery. Um, Montgomery, I think, offers a, a great upside. I can see easily see why Ricky hasn't ranked that high. Um, my biggest question is with Tyreek Hill coming, Tyreek Cohen coming oh. back, and how that offense is going to run once Josh Fields starts to to take over, and right. how it works with Andy Dal- uh, Andy Dalton. It does scare me a little bit there. Um, J.K. Dobbins. I think that's a situation where they have a lot of running backs on that roster. Well, my big my big issue with J.K. Dobbins is is the red zone. He Gus Edwards is there, and yeah. it's Lamar Jackson, right? Yeah. So, how many really touches going to get in the red zone? Yeah. So that's my biggest issue with Dobbins. I don't. I this it's too many people that could get the ball before he even gets there. Yeah. So that's my but, issue there as well. But the other thing is he can also establish himself as the lead back and then take over Gus Edwards and stuff. And now you're looking at a much better player. So, because he's going to get enough work, um, you know, before you get to the red zone, that he's going to be like an okay play. But then, if you add that in, now he doesn't make enough catches, um, Dobbins to really like, you know, he had 18 catches last season. So that does scare you a bit when you look at him. Um, But you know, it's just part of the territory. I I just think even if he like, even if he becomes a one running back, I I just the the he's capped at some point. Yep. Yep. Yep, I agree. Um, Gaskins, Gaskins. Last year, we saw he was he was a f- fantastic player. Um, when he came back, he he from his injury. Um, I know he helped a lot of people out during the fantasy playoffs. Uh, Gaskins was someone that I definitely, um, I was on him early. I was we were posting about him on Instagram. Right. Um, great play. He can get catches. He had forty one receptions for three hundred and eighty eight yards. He was able to run inside. He had three three touchdowns uh, rushing. He had two touchdowns passing. He had a big uh, week fifteen. So he, he's you know delivered in prime time. Right. I don't really see them having any other real running back options to overtake him that they signed in the offseason. So I definitely like Gaskins. But I'm hearing reports of Tua um, not looking that great already in preseason, throwing a bunch of interceptions, which does right. scare me a little bit. I, I that my biggest thing is I have to see Tua. If, you know, if he could get the, I mean, he'll get the ball. The guy, I just, 
like you said, the, the reports right now is that two is not looking great. Right. You know, um, they got him weapons, right? So he's 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 set up for that. Yep. Um, so it's more about two or how is that offense is gonna run. Yep. Um, and and because it's gonna affect Gaskins if they're from behind and they're throwing the ball all the yep. time. Yep. Even though I, he does get catches, he gets he gets yep. he gets his, his targets. Now the next one of the next players that we have up here is Josh Jacobs, who we have relatively ranked low um, by most comparisons. He had a yeah. pretty good season last year. He put up over a thousand yards rushing. He had twelve touchdowns. He had thirty three receptions for two hundred and thirty one yards. I think the biggest reason why he's ranked this low is that they signed another guy, which was ranked right Tyler. here, and in and Kenyon Drake. Kevin Drake. I mean, yeah. Kenyon Drake was signed with the Las Vegas Raiders, and now all of a sudden you're looking at a situation where both these guys can run at the goal line. They're talking about they want to use Drake more in the passing game, which to me is a little weird because I didn't even see the, um, you know, uh, what is it, Arizona Cardinals use him in that way. So it's something that I really haven't seen Drake do much throughout his career, even when he was in Miami. So it'll be interesting what the Vegas Raiders do with his role. But that puts me in flux with Jess Jacobs and with him because I don't really know what's going on. I don't know how they plan on using that roster. So that's why I have Josh Jacobs. In, uh, I, 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 it's it's weird how I – it seems like Oakland doesn't fully like him or trust him. And they wasted a first-round pick. Yeah, that, that's what this is weird to me. Because I So Jay, Drake is, again, to me, in another position where he was last year, right? Chase mm -hmm. Edmonds there. We all thought he was going to be – well. He ended up, you know, getting well. A lot. Drake was scheduled to be the the big time running back. Everyone had all this right. Like, the Drake hype was real, and he just dudded, which was and, weird. And and then they got you know the Emmons in there, right? So now he goes to another situation where again he's coming in. He's the second guy, but again he's going to cut into Jacobs, and it's not like Jacobs had, you know, but last hundred yards. Booker, they did use Booker. Who did cut into him as well? So it'll be interesting to see. But that's how what I'm saying he got like a thousand. If Drake and to me, I, I would think Drake's a little better than Booker. So he comes in, he had a thousand something yards. If he cuts into that, like, then what? What are we looking at Jacobs then now? Like, what? What you is he really? Both, both of them hitting like eight hundred yards. <laughs> like that would be like the worst case scenario if they both. That's what I'm like saying. I, I don't like that situation at all in Oakland. I put Jacobs even that high just because, honestly, really? like. I, I can't see them just giving up on him. It's not like he plays bad at all. Like he's not a bad running back. I, I don't really I don't get why Oakland does not like him. Yep. And one guy that I'm higher on than Ricky, and that's Mike Davis. I think Mike Davis is set up in a good situation this season as being more than likely the lead running back for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Atlanta Falcons also don't have Julio Jones this year. So it does give him the opportunity um to really lead back. What we saw about Mike Davis last season is that not only can he catch, he can also run. Right. He had six uh, touchdowns rushing, 642 yards. But he also caught uh, 59 catches for 373 yards. So he offers the best of both worlds. He should be the lead back, almost a bell cow, for the Falcons. Now, the Falcons' offense isn't something that most people trust, but that is a really good situation for this guy. But my only thing with him is you did see when he became the number one, you saw that greatness that you saw. You did see him run out of gas at right. the end of the season. So now you're telling me he's going to be number one. The cowbell, I got to see how, you know, I got to see if it's if he's going to be able to do that for the whole season or what's going to happen last year is where he ran out of gas. And at that point, you, we didn't even start Mark Davis towards the end or even the playoffs sometimes. Yep. You just didn't know what he was going to get. But in the playoffs, he did come back and have that spark and was great. He does. So, 
So that's the one thing about him. And the one thing about Mike Davis that I can say that I'm really, really liking is that his price isn't that high, but he offers great upside. And if he does fizzle out, more than likely by that point in time, there's going to be someone on the waiver wire that you'll be able to pick up on and, and make a move on. So while, while Mike Davis does have his downsides, that's the reason why he's now ranked higher, like even like a Miles Sanders. I mean, right. who, who you know, Miles Sanders injury prone is the only reason why he's there. Yeah. Um, you know, that's kind of just the same situation with Davis. So he offers a lot of upside. Um, one player that we just mentioned, Edmonds, it could be Edmonds season. Um, just because right now he it's a it's a toss up between him and Connor. Right. I don't think a lot of people trust Connor. Some people do, some people don't. We don't know exactly how it's gonna play out. Edmonds also had opportunities last season to try to take over and he couldn't. Right. So we just have to see how it works out. He is a pass catcher, so this could be a, a sneaky value proposition just because he will catch so many passes. And that's the same way I feel about uh number twenty five, Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne to me, he was a great fit for for Urban Meyer. Knowing the way Meyer likes to play, he was even saying that he, he could use him in the slot. He's going to use him like a Percy Harvin. He's going to use him like a jack of all trades. And to me, that makes him very appealing in a fantasy aspect because these catches are, are gold. And if he's well, I mean, Meyer loves speed. He loves yeah. speed. So yeah. he did, you know, you saw it in college. So he loves speed. Mm-hmm. As, soon, as soon as they, they, they got him, I was like, all right. So. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. going to be using him as almost like receiver type. Yeah, he's just coming out yep. the back end, and they're catching him. Um, again, that's that is the big thing. He's an explosive, mm-hmm. explosive player. Um, where boom, in, in the second he could get you a 50, 60 yard TD run. Now we yep. have to see, you know, the rest of the team that uh, Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, reacts and and what Myers is going to do exactly. But you can tell right away he loves speed. He's going to be coming out the back. He's going to be used as a wide receiver at times. Yep. Kareem Hunt, um, I mean, there, there's a lot of good things about Kareem Hunt. He, he's a dynamic playmaker. He can, he can get catches. He can run on the inside. He can run on the outside. The biggest questions with him is that there's Nick Chubb there. So yeah. it's kind of hard to judge volume. If there was no Nick Chubb, he would be much higher. Yeah. If Nick Chubb didn't have Hunt, he would be much higher. So they very much hurt each other's value. Um, both could be bell cow top 10 running backs if the other one didn't you know, come around. Right. But because of that, that's why we have Hunt ranked here at about 25. You know, once you get down to this point, just his sheer volume, um, you know, potential makes him, you know, solid. But then that upside of if Chubb goes out makes him like, okay, I'd rather take this risk over some other guys because his hit if if Chubb is out is top I, 10. I, I, the same thing because I, I love Hunt, right? Mm-hmm. Um even if they're both there, they get enough out where they get both enough touches, TDs, mm-hmm. where you have to put them in, you know, hunt, I believe, in the top mm-hmm. 25 or so. Mm-hmm. You know, 26, 27, you know, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Just on pure, even if Chubb is there. Now you take away, like you said, Chubb, mm-hmm. and he skyrockets up. Him becoming the number one back. You start in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Hey, that offense in Cleveland is was running great. It's 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 powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, they could put up points. And again, if he becomes that number one running back in that offense, now, like you said, he, he, he easily could be a 10, 12 type running back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, James Robinson. James Robinson was a, a really solid running back last season that a lot of people either got off to wave wire or drafted at the end of their yeah. draft. And he was an insane return on investment. 
Um, the biggest issue with him now is that Travis Etienne is there. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work out, but the thing about Travis Etienne and James Robinson is that they could possibly coexist with each other since they can both catch passes and they both can run. So we don't know what kind of offense Urban Meyer is going to run yet. Right. And that's the reason why these guys are ranked so low. Yeah. At any point in time, they are kind of good values where if you can get them later in your draft and, and have them as like your RB2, RB, well, RB3, I would say RB4. Uh, yeah, RB3, RB4, right. you'll be really shining. But, I mean, when we talk about it, we're, we're talking about I mean, this is running back rank 24, 25. Right. So, you know, by statistical standards, this is an RB2. Two, yeah. So, and, and that's I don't know if I could. I, I, I'll be honest. I would. We have, like, I would be worried if he was my RB2. But that's also why you're going to be trying to draft some of these guys a lot earlier. You're trying to get two of these guys on your roster so this way you're not stuck in that position. And this also kind of shows people that's why you go for that, you know, 100% number one running back in those early picks. Yeah. Because when you start getting down to, you know, the second round, you're already talking about splitting. You're already talking about, hey, can this guy, the backup over the number one? You know, when you look at a 12-team league, if if everyone has two running backs, that makes Chase Edmonds in RB2. And these guys are just to start of flexes. Right. So this is something you have to keep in mind when you're drafting. You have to be cognizant about which running backs do you like? How much risk tolerance do you have? What type of systems do you want to roll with? Because a lot of this also comes down to who you enjoy. Because if you don't like a player, you're stuck with them. You're like, ugh, ugh, ugh. What do you happens? You act, you cut them because you're so pissed off. Yeah. And now you messed up, and 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 then he starts doing good because you're not evaluating things properly. So yeah. that starts all before the draft. Know who you're drafting. If you're stuck driving an ugh guy, you got to understand his value. And you have to sometimes bite the bullet and just keep him on your team until you can trade him. Uh, again, to me, the biggest thing just shows that to, to, when you have an early pick, you got to pick a running back. Yeah. you got to pick the elite running back. Don't mess around. Don't try to get cute. And um, I could also understand the RB0 theory because guess what? With so many injuries and so many players changing up, you know, may, maybe you want to get yourself an ETN and, and the Gaskins because you're loaded up at tight end and yeah. wide receiver. It really depends on how you're playing and what your strategy is, but that's a whole other video that we're going to start breaking down for you. We actually go into the strategies of it. Yeah. Um, here we're really just ranking where these running backs are for the season. So and these are early rankings. I mean, these, yep. these, this is going to so change. These things so, can definitely change. 100%. Um, one thing that we got to notice here, and I think when we say these things can really change, uh, Mozart and Melvin Gordon the third, Mozart's so injury prone that we don't know if he's even going to make it to opening day. Yeah. Um, and with that being said, if they're going to get anyone else that might possibly take over as that lead running back, I'm pretty sure they signed or, or drafted a running back. So right. that definitely could be something that's scary. Melvin Gordon, there's already been reports that Javante Williams could be the featured back going into the season, and that's already going to take away work from Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon could be seen as a third down option and short short yardage situation guy, which would also hurt Javante Williams' upside. But these are two guys over here in, in Denver that you're really going to have to watch out for and see and monitor, and those values are going to be changing depending on what happens. I, I, I also believe in Melvin Gordon. One of the biggest things is how he starts off the season. Um, yeah, but I don't even think that he's going to get a chance to be the starter. I, I don't, but the only reason I believe he will, it's the same people that drafted him. It's the same people that paid him $16 million, whatever it was. Well, they didn't draft him. 
But I mean, that draft them with the same people that brought them over, same people they that paid them. Over, but remember, they and drafted. The same, with, it's the same system that they had. Like they drafted. Nothing Williams. has really drafted. Nothing has really changed with. Yeah, they drafted the Williams though. That's the difference. And the coach speak that's coming out right now is that they're going to give Williams the opening reps, and he's going to be you know the number one. I, I, I have to see that first. I, I you know they say a lot of things. I just you're, I you're right. It. You're right. But I think we also saw it, Melvin Gordon last. So season. that's why I have a Gordon a little higher because. It's the same people that got him there, same people, yep. the same system. And, you know, they're saying, and, hey, maybe and, and right now, this year with the quarterback. Right now, for me, I don't have him, you know, that much higher. No, no. Williams, yeah. and, and that's going to be, and like I said, that's going to probably end up switching as camp continues. This is stuff we have to watch. Remember, this is, we're, we're in June right now when we're recording this. Right. So, you know, by August, these things are going to start changing. We'll see. There's possible injuries that can happen. So that's all stuff to keep in mind. When we speak about possible injuries, it's the same situation that we're looking at with James Conner. He's an injury-prone guy, but he does offer a lot of upside. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. Um, but he is very injury prone. Yeah. If, he can, if he can stay healthy, Connor's a good running back. Yep. He's um, in his but it's time just, with it's We don't know what he's going to give us. Right. And, and we just don't know what's going to happen when you're spending time with Edmonds because that can end up being a full time share. Right. So, you know, it's just a very scary situation just to see what's going on there. Um, Duke, uh, D- David Johnson over in Houston, they did recently get Philip Lindsay. But I think at the end of the season, we really saw David Johnson start to break out of his shell. He had a couple of big games. Including a huge week sixteen, absolutely devastating. But, but they have Lin- it's too crowded over there. They don't they have Johnson, Lindsay. Who else? Do? Don't they have another running back there? Johnson, Lindsay, and there's Lindsay, one more. Lindsay signed up as the as like the backup. But I don't really see any of them coming in and, and taking away from David Johnson. I see it's too disarray there. No Watson. You have like three running backs. Lindsay could show that he could be a running back. Like, Lindsay just- showed to me last season he was nothing. No, I, I, but he's had a couple of years. He had a year. I think he was good. Yeah. My my issue is just too crowded over there. It's too crowded over there. I don't like. I don't like when you have that many running backs. Yeah, but I do think that he could end up winning. And again, if we're talking about when we're in, you know, the thirty first running back overall, I like. I I do. I want someone that could possibly be a bell cow or possibly be a lead back that has that big time play capability. And like I said, at the end of the season, including week sixteen when it counted, he was the number one guy and he played big. So. He is someone yeah, that I gotta see more, especially Watson's not playing next year. You could hope all you want, he's not playing next year. So you're not gonna have any Watson there, and that's gonna just even if there's even no Watson, the insane volume. Like I said, they're just gonna stack up mistakes. They're not gonna have to worry about Watson running at the, 30, at the 31st running back. His volume is too I, much. I get it, but he but it's gonna be bad volume. He could get oh. 20 carries and get 60 yards. Like, what was the point of that? It, I don't, I don't care get, about volume if he's if not he getting any 20 anything. carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. That's RB two. Yeah, no, it's that's sixty that's, yards and a touchdown. That's that's twelve points. And I, that, I, that's what you're hoping for. That's that to me is, I don't know. When you say when you talk about volume, unless you're talking about volume receptions, volume and your think about this, right? Okay. When you're stacked up against David the line, Johnson, last season scored hundred and seventy nine points, right? Yeah, hundred and seventy nine points, and he was a top twenty five running back. Right? These are top twenty five running backs. Right, so I, I think and this is done. with Watson. This is with Watson, right? When Ma- you take Watson, and you have to tell me you can't tell me they're staying the same. That is going to go down. He could actually go up. Uh, now he's gonna have more. Focus. Watson was too much of a problem that the defense had to deal with. When they don't have to deal with him, they'll, they'll deal with David Johnson running the ball 20 times a game. Please, please give David Johnson the ball 20 times a game. We will sit here n- gladly 
stopping that than trying to stop Watson. It's a big difference. The big face. So last season he scored because he only played 12 games. He scored 14.9 points per game. That I I don't think I don't know how that gets better without Watson. I don't know how that gets better with Watson without Watson. I I just I I do see that he's gonna have an opportunity. It's a different if you change receivers or something. But here, but a franchise quarterback, but see, that's a big check, difference for the offense. Uh, understandable, but then l- l- let's check this out, okay? So last season, right, they were 31st in rushing attempts with Watson. This means that there's going to be a lot more opportunity for him. Now they have um, Houston's crowded backfield, like you said. Lin- uh, Lindsey, Ingram, Burkett at sea at some point, you know. Um, that's a I lot, do think man. that yeah. it, it is a lot. Running back. It is a lot. franchise quarterback. Your whole team is in disarray, and you want Watson to. You think Johnson going to do better? I, I, I'm not saying he can't. I just, I have him low because I don't. I can't trust that he's going to do better. And, I, and I have again, more. I have more. I believe more. Your, that your low on him is is three is three picks. <laughs> oh yeah, it's not a huge thing. So, but so I, it, I, I just have him there because he's technically the number one running back. Right, and again, remember we're talking about. This is the 31st running back being taken. So it's not like you there's going to be so many better options once you're this low. Um, one other guy that we have to mention here is Fournette and Rojo. I think we both have Rojo over Fournette. Yeah. But it, it, you kind of have them ranked exactly the same because they both are going to get work. I think Fournette got more catches than we thought. Fournette was better in the playoffs. Rojo yeah. was better in the regular season. I don't know how they're going to split out carries. It could be a 50-50 time. Period. I mean, Bruce Evans was saying that he's going to use them both like he did last year. They're going to yeah. split. They're going to be a combination. Yep. The only reason – that's why I have them both back-to-back because they're they're basically the same running back, right? They can, yep. they can basically get the same amount of RB3. points. RB3. With, yeah. with each week, it could possibly be an RB2. Exactly. Yeah, you really could. And the thing is, the only reason I have Fournette below Rojo is just because Fournette is more – has the primary team, like mostly last season. But again, Fournette's going to have his game. You're just going to have to, you know, bite the bullet and deal with it. And and Um, you maybe have to play matchups where you think, hey, you know what? I'm going to put Rojo in, or I'm not going to put Rojo in, or hey, I'm going to sit Fournette. I'd rather put a tight end. You're going to have to mix and match with those guys. Right. Uh, Damian Harris, uh, running back for the Patriots. He offers some good upside, but it's so sticky over there. Any running back with with Bell Belts like a sticky. He's I'm with you on that. Big with that. I hate Patriots running back, but I do have him up just because he was really good when he got the ball. I mean, he yep. carried the ball like five yards per per you know or per run, I think, or per catch. Like, he mm-hmm. was good. He just didn't get volume. He didn't get any any volume at all. And that is the issue what you have now, where the problem you're going to have is your Cam Newton. What got twelve touchdowns right rushing? Or mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to have a problem there in the red zone when he's not getting the ball. So mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing with me. He doesn't get enough volume, but he was damn good last year. And with more volume, I mean, he, he he's going to go up if mm-hmm. that, that happens. Mm-hmm. And then. Um... I mean the situation there. It's just who knows what they're gonna do. It's like a, it's like a three card Monty trying to figure out the running. Yeah, back. the first game he could come out with a hundred eighty yard three touchdown. Next game have ten yards and just, just he'll nothing. have two carries. Fuck ten yards. It's right. like why isn't Bill using him today? No, I, I don't get that. He does that all yeah. the time where they have yeah. a great game the day before, yeah. the week before, and they come back with nothing. Yep. Yep. So it'll be interesting, really, to see what Bill does. He's gonna he's gonna have. Um, a whole fantasy football um, 
archive just on how painful it is trying to figure out the Bill Belichick running back. How many times yeah. the guy's gone with Rex Burkhead or James White or, or whoever, Sonny Michelle. Well, they might just pick someone off the wire, wire and just right. like, these are starting running back now. Bro, for real. People are drafting Sonny Michelle like he's the guy. Next thing you know, Rex Burkhead. <laughs> so this is why I don't I I grade I grade Patriots running backs with ultra salt. Like yes. they are like a bag of 100%. lace to me. They're super salty. Um, one player though that we do have to mention uh, again, Drake. I think his upside is, is decent, but it really depends on how they use them because he is a good runner. It is a situation where we don't know what's going to happen, but he could be goal line, and if he gets more passes, like uh, Gruden is saying, he could be interesting. And then Carter over here with the Jets. Jets don't have a number one running back yet, and this rookie could be that guy. I don't think there's anyone in the roster that has set themselves no. up with that flag at that He's position. The number one. As soon as they tried to, he automatically became the number one <clears throat> And I'm not going to lie to you. We have to see how that offensive line looks for the Jets, which could be pretty good. This kid could get enough volume to start bolting himself up here. Moving up. He could start being last season James Robinson if he is going to be that starting running back for the Jets because and he's explosive. Yeah. And one of the things that we have to remember with fantasy, it's not your talent that's king. Yeah. It's the volume. It's yeah. the volume, bro. I don't really care about how talented some of these guys are. Like, if we went by talent, Kareem Hunt should be so much higher up here, but it's not about talent. It's about no, to me, like I said, I, I agree with you on volume, but to me, there's certain amounts. Like we were talking about David Johnson, he get the ball 20 yards, he doesn't catch it, doesn't get any yards. It's to me, the volume won't matter there too much. I mean, you could, you could, you could say that all, all you want, my friend, but I mean, if we look at it, 25, 20, what is this 25, 24, 23, 22, 21? He was a 21 best running back last season. He was an RB2. You would tell I me that it. you hated having him as an RB2. He was an RB2. Without Watson, he could literally be he – he'll definitely go down to RB3. He could definitely be an RB4 where he's just like, hey, I can't start him. I think he can end up doing what, what, what Melvin Gordon did last year. No, I, I don't think he Yeah. Better. I don't think he'll do better. I, I think he's going to get more volume. He, he's, he's gonna old, have more volume than he did last year. He's old enough to, to tell him to say, "Hey, we're gonna start playing you as the main guy." I don't know. Yeah. Well, again, he was ranked twenty-one last year. I think he could be close to the same this year if he gets the volume up. Because again, volume is everything, man. Look, I don't break it down why volume is everything. JD McKissick, the backup running back, had one hundred and ninety-one points. He was when we look at his ranks. So if David Johnson was twenty-one, twenty. 19, 18, 17. J.D. McKissick was the 17th ranked running back. That puts him as Yeah, but I'm not going. But you keep going back to last year with the points. I get it, but it's a different situation. You're right, but what I'm saying is – I can't can't really – when you're telling me this, I get – if you're telling me this, this is what's happening, and we're in the middle of the year, and this is what's happening, I get you. But now you're talking about not having Watson. That, to me, is – because again, it's not just if you lose it. When any team loses their quarterback, it's gonna be a problem. Yeah. When you lose the main focus of your offense, the franchise quarterback, the best player on the field, man, that's a different story. Man, else listen, I, 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 I seen them boys when they were playing with Tyrod Taylor over in, in the Chargers get their runs in. I seen them guys with the Bills when they had Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback get their runs in. He's not. It's not like he's in the average. Yeah, but to me, Eckler is way better than. I, 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 I'm not saying no, but 
But I am telling you this. There's more than likely a chance he's going to be an RB two. He's going to finish as a top twenty four player. I, I I would I would say he's an RB three. We could we could check bookmark this then. Yeah, come back to it because I mean scoring wise, like we see here, there's huge there's huge drop offs that we start seeing with points because points are king. And this is another guy that that we have to factor in with Tampa Bay. Tampa when Bay, we're yeah. talking about these guys. Is Giovanni Bernard's going to be there as a pass? Well, I, I think he hurts more for net because he's a more of a catcher. Well, right Fournette right. It really isn't the catching guy. You would say Brojo would be more of the catching guy. Fournette would be more of the goal line guy. Nah. And like that, 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 that's where it's scary because Fournette. I mean, if we look at it, Fournette had thirty six catches. Where, where is? Oh, can we just go by teams. Uh, we'll go by. We'll go by. Where, where, where team is that? Tampa Bay. There we go. Yeah, All right. So Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette had 30, they 42 targets to 47 targets, 36 catches to 38 targets. You know, I, I thought Fournette, there. I got more. Fournette has six touchdowns with 97 attempts and 367 yards. And then Jones has seven touchdowns with 97. So you see, you see Fournette being used really more as the goal line guy. Um, and I think these yeah. catches that you'll see here will kind of cut off of both of them, which just might make all of them almost unstartable because if you're seeing Fournette really start getting that goal line work and Jones is only getting the big play run, the big run touchdowns, that's going to really hurt him because I know he had he had a couple of big run touchdowns, Jones. It's, um, yeah, that's he had like, like 90 yards. Yeah, so that's what scares me a lot about this. That is a big difference in, in rushing yardage. Yeah, because look at it. He had 100 more attempts. Yeah. So – I, I think that's what you're going to really see. He's going to get that rushing yardage. They'll split near the goal line. Catching wise, you'll see Geo probably be the lead catcher, and yeah. then these guys will sprinkle. That, that's what. That's why I said I cut for it because I remember Fournette getting more catches, but mm-hmm. Giovanni's going to cut into that catching. That's the reason Giovanni's just a pain to be honest. With you. He's, he, he's going to. It's almost going to make the point of all three of them being unstartable. Where you know, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Geo yeah. makes it where you can't start them all. You yep. can't start any of them. Yep, and and then. And then I'll, I will pose the question to Ricky, and I'll be like, Ricky, who would you rather have? Cool. One of those running backs in Tampa Bay or David Johnson? And we'll have a wonderful, glorious statistical debate where I show you uh, all I, the I way would, David Johnson is outscoring each one of those guys. I, I, it won't be a lot. I probably... I think it, I should be. it depends who I have. Because I'll put it this way. I don't want any of those guys on my running back two quarterback. I don't want David Johnson on RB2. If well, David Johnson, David Johnson there, is in RB3 territory. So if David Johnson was an RB3, mm-hmm. I probably Same thing is Ro- Rojo, Fortnite, um, all these guys are ranked at 32, 33. So you're in the middle of your RB3 three ranks here. I'll be honest with you. If this is here and I'm going to look behind, I might, I might reach for someone else and just – well, I think this is why like Alec Carter that we're talking right. about has the potential to be that next guy because yeah. I think we're all looking at Carter like I like his upside more than pretty much everyone here until we get like here. Like Carter's upside is, is phenomenal. Yeah. Same thing with Javante. Javante Williams is a little bit more capped because of Melvin Gordon. Like, really no I, 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 like I said, I, I would probably start looking somewhere else. I mean, I guess <laughs> once you're here, you're looking somewhere else. Is who? What backup do you want to get? Because he's going to become the new lead. 
that's the thing about running well, backs. I, you'll be honest. You're right. Carter Carter will probably be a, a sexy pick to reach and just say, hey, you know what? This yeah. is like you would take him over those guys, but he's he's pretty much uh, setting him. But you know what? I'm gonna, we're going to go with this. I'm going to go that I would choose Rojo over Johnson. Let's see how they do for the, the year. Yeah, we'll see. We'll that, see. That'll, be, that'll be a good little bet. Because you, you only gave me those options. Forget that I would probably go a different route, but I'll pick for this question. I'll pick Rojo over Johnson. Oof. Oof. It'll be interesting. I, I definitely <laughs> will uh, bring it back if, I, if I'm right. If I'm we wrong, you'll never hear You'll never hear about this again. Yeah. They see, uh, no, David's not too. <laughs> he's alive. Ooh, he's alive. <laughs> <laughs> but on that note, people, um, we hope that these rankings give you some idea of what's going on. We hope that we can get you set up for the season. As the season goes on, we'll update them and we'll really be speaking more to about guys that are changing in our rankings and, and players and, and things that we notice. So, like, if we do hear that Carter is really starting to look like that guy, right. we'll move up and we'll start telling you about that. If we start hearing that Travis Etienne, it's not looking that good, and James Robinson is setting himself up to be the lead back to start the season. We'll let you know. If it's a situation where J.K. Dobbins is like, damn, this dude is making all these pass catches. He might be the pass catching back there. Right. We could be like, hey, this is his path to you know RB2 you know value, solid mid-RB2, and that would be a big lift for him. You know, but these are the questions that we're going to be, you know, examining and following for you throughout the season. And we're going to bring you the information so you can make the decisions that you guys need to make. But, um, yeah, we're going to be getting information for you. We're going to be out there gathering and hunting and we'll bring it all back to you. And, and they got to take out this first rankings is really off news articles. What you saw in college with some of these guys, what you saw last year. Mm -hmm. What are they saying? What are the coaches saying? Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of, you know, um, Hearsay, it's a lot of rumors and it's a lot mm -hmm. of past stuff that they had happened in you know before mm -hmm. seasons before. So it's just beginning. This is mm -hmm. just getting started. Mm -hmm. Once they really start going to training camp, mm -hmm. you know, once we see hard knocks on HBO, mm -hmm. man, we really start getting closer, <laughs> right? Um, so again, these are definitely going to change throughout the whole summer, month by week by week, month by month. It's mm -hmm. gonna change throughout the, the whole time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And one thing that will also change is this little mullet thing that I have will be gone too. So <laughs> <laughs> you look like uh, Joe Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, people. So on that note, we're out of here. That is Ricky. I am the talented Mr. Taco or TDS Tacos. We like to call us around here. Um, and on that note, we're out. So peace. Take care. Hey, David and Taco, they bring that heat. All about UFC, way more than a fantasy. Let's see who going toe to toe. Throw down on the mat, check the replay, run it back. We gotta check the stats. Ain't, ain't do this every day. We ain't come to play. This is sports talk, and we love talking MMA. Everything fantasy sports. Dope for show that I know. With electric Dave and talented Mr. Taco. Let's go. Hey, G, G.